Amen. Let's just continue to worship the Lord just a little bit longer. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord God. We worship and magnify your name. God, we are so uh, appreciative of your presence that we feel right now, Lord Jesus, even right there in our homes. God, we feel your presence in such a powerful way. So we lift you up and magnify you, Lord God. We give you glory and honor and praise. God, you are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of our Lord. You are our healer and our deliverer and our savior. You are the redeemer of our lives, the redeemer of our souls. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence we feel even right now. God, we can never go anywhere that your presence is not there. We're so thankful for that, Lord God. We're so thankful for an ever-present help in time of need, in time of trouble, in time of sickness. God, your presence is here. And we give you glory and honor and praise tonight, Lord God, for you are worthy to be lifted up. You are worthy to be exalted. You are worthy to be magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. I feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. As, as we all know, our, our governmental leaders have made some requests of all of us to, to stay in our homes due to the current state of affairs as it applies to the coronavirus and the epidemic that we're facing. And it's, it's when you spend that much time shut in that you begin to see some areas of your home that uh, might need some improvement. I know my wife has created a, a pretty long uh, list of things, home repairs that she's wanting me to address sooner rather than later, and I, I'm, I'm starting to run out of excuses uh, and reasons for not being able to do those things. But uh, it is in the the normal course of our life as we're allowed to enter and exit our home as we please with no restrictions that it's it's possible that those areas of home improvement don't really catch our eye those those things the little cracks the little chips the little things that don't work quite right they 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 don't really stand out to us we we just walk right by them we just come in and out of the house we don't notice them we're we're somewhat unaware of them in our in our haste in our life in our haste to accomplish what needs to be accomplished uh, it, but uh, but but it's when we're forced to stay in our homes and just sit in the living room uh, couch and just kind of look and and stare out. It that that's when we are uh, that's when we begin to see some things that are really around us in our homes. It's it's then that those those home improvements uh, become more of a reality to us. We we begin to see them more plainly. They become more pronounced in our view when we're forced to slow down and stay put we begin to see some things about our homes that maybe uh, aren't what they're supposed to be and I just have to wonder if during this time that we're all facing in our lives when many other distractions of our life have been taken away and the litany of things that would typically distract us and the 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 litany of things uh that would that would typically uh get our view off of other things has now been removed from our life that God now desires to show us some things about our homes our families our lives that he would desire to see changed now, I'm not talking about changing old carpet. I'm not talking about putting a fresh coat of paint on the walls. But could it be that during this time when so many other things have been stripped from us, 
So many other things have now been taken out of our hand and we can no longer be focused on so many other things of our lives that it is during this time that God would desire to show us some things about our lives and about our thinking and about our mindsets and and really about our homes that he would like to see altered. He would like to see added. He would like to see changed. He would like to see maybe done away with all together. So I feel to teach tonight about our need for home improvement, home improvement. I turn your attention to the word of the Lord tonight, and we pick up the story immediately after the Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When he enters the temple, he enters into the house of God. And it's while he's in that house that I believe that he speaks three different things that he would desire to see happen in that place, three different things. I realized that house that he was in, it was the temple. It was the house of God. But I I truly believe that the three things that he speaks of could be applicable to what he desires to see in our own homes and in our own lives. For we know that our houses are more than just dwelling places. Our houses are just, they're more than just places we go to sleep and to eat. But they are places where we interact with the people that we are to love the most. They are environments that shape the way we live and act and talk. What happens in our homes sets the tone for our days and for our weeks and our months and even our years. What happens in our home sets the tone for our spiritual condition and and the spiritual condition of our entire family. What happens in our homes either strengthens the preached word or it weakens the preached word. But it has the power and the potential of doing both. And that all happens in our homes. So we see that what transpires within the walls of that place we call home is a very critical thing. Not only critical in the physical as, as it applies to the food we eat and, and the sleep and the rest that we garner from that place, but criti- critical to us emotionally and critical to us relationally. And most importantly, it is critical in that home. It is critical to what happens to us spiritually. And because of the seriousness of what happens in that place that we live I believe the word of the Lord would speak to us three things from this text that he would desire to see improved in our home, worked on in our home. Our text is this. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12. The Bible says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple. And he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold dove. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The first improvement that God would desire, I believe, that God would desire for us to make in our home is found in verse 12 of our text this, this evening. For Verse 12 again says this, Matthew 21 and verse 12, And Jesus went into the temple of God, and he cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and he overthrew the tables of the money changers, and he overthrew the seat of them that sold doves. From this account, we can see 
with complete clarity tonight that it is God's will for our house to be a house of purity. Purity. For we see when Jesus entered into the temple, he began to cast out everything that was not pleasing to him. He began to cast out everything that did not measure up to his standard. And I think it's wise for all of us, all of us, to learn a lesson from the Lord this evening in the manner in which we deal, you and I deal, with the impurities of our own personal lives and the impurities that we may have allowed into our homes and into our families. For you'll see that the Lord was very intent. He was very intent on getting those things out of the temple. He didn't reason with those things. He he didn't try to quietly convince those things to leave the temple. He, He was not timid about this. He was not tentative about this. He was not hesitant about doing what he knew needed to be done. No, 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 no. For we see that he simply walks in and he begins to cast things out. He begins to overthrow the tables. He begins to kick the things out of the door. You see, the problem that you and I have, all of us have, from time to time is is not that we don't recognize the impurities that are in our homes. That's not the problem most of the time. The problem most of the time is that we're too lax and we're too negligent to do what needs done in order to get those things out of our home. We know there are issues that need to be dealt with. We know there are attitudes that need to be corrected. We know that there are bits of worldliness that need to be eradicated from our lives and from our living. But for whatever reason, many times we are too lenient and we are too accommodating of those things. Even though we know they're harming us, even though we know they're harming our homes and they're harming our families and they're harming our children, we we arrange them, but we don't toss them out. We restructure some things, but we never remove them entirely. We we make promises and and we push them back to a maybe a remote a remote corner of our living, but but we never stand up with purpose like Christ did. We we never walk into our home with that passionate zeal like Christ had for his house and and cast those things out of our house that we know are not right in the eyes of God. So we just kind of allow these things to keep hanging around us and and we just keep allowing them to stay on the fringes of our living until eventually, eventually, over time, we begin to take part of them again, slowly, imperceptibly at first, but then a little more and then a little more until once again these things are full-fledged back into our lives. So I think tonight, I would encourage us as a church family that we need to take our cues from the Lord this evening and have a a spiritual boldness and a spiritual attitude where, where we make up our minds that with God's help, with God's help, 
We are going to take spiritual inventory of our homes and we're going to take spiritual inventory of our thoughts and we're going to take spiritual inventory of our lives and everything that is not of God, we are going to destroy it. We are going to eliminate it. We are going to utterly exterminate it from our living. And we're going to put every guard in place that we have to put in place, no matter how uncomfortable it may be, no matter how inconvenient it may be, no matter how out of the norm it may be for our life and for our home, we are going to put every guard in place, no matter what it takes, in order to ensure that those things that we have kicked out do not have an opening to come back in to our life. For it is imperative, saints of God, please hear me. It is imperative that we shut the door, every door of our home that we are currently leaving open to the adversary of our souls. Because through those open doors are marching the very same things that God delivers us from and that God has kicked out of our lives in our altars or in your own personal prayer time. God has released us from those things. We have kicked those things out. But the problem that we have too many times is we keep a door open somewhere in the back inner resources and recesses of our mind and we give those things access to come back in once again. And so I encourage all of us tonight, we need to shut the door of fear. We need to shut the door of anxiety. We need to shut the door of worry. We need to shut that door of impurity. We need to shut that door of unrighteousness. We need to shut that door of an uncommitted spirit or an unsubmitted heart. Whatever we have to do, whatever door we are keeping open, and allowing the adversary to re-enter into our lives from that place. We need to find a place to pray, and we need to slam that door shut in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. For when we do, the enemy will no longer have access to our lives, our minds, our kids, our families, our homes, our finances, our hearts. And when he has no access to us, he no longer has the authority and the power to steal, to kill, and to destroy anything of our lives. And so I encourage all of us this evening, make sure we're doing everything that needs to be done to have a home and a house and a life of purity. 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 So the first thing about our homes that I find in this text that God would desire for us to have is for our house to be a house of purity. And the second thing is this, and I'm hurrying. The second thing is this. Matthew 21 and verse 12, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. That's purity. And then we get to verse 13. And said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer prayer. So not only should our homes and our lives be a place of purity, but God desires for them to also be a place of prayer. I want to address something for a moment here to, to my church family that I love so dear, and this, is, this has been weighing so heavily upon my heart for the last week, week and a half or so. For it is during this specific, unique, challenging time that we are all living in that we are going to see who truly has a relationship with the Lord and who does not have a relationship with the Lord. For there are some, there are some in the church world as a whole 
who are constantly propped up, carried through, carried along. One more day, one more day, spiritually propped up, spiritually carried along. Because of the fact that they're able to come to a church service and they're surrounded by people who can pray for them. They're surrounded by spiritual people who can encourage them and pray for them. Some people are only making it, spiritually speaking, because of what they receive from the saints, from what they receive from the message, from what they receive from the worship service, from what they receive from the altar service, from what they receive from the fellowship that happens during our service times on Thursdays and Sundays. And it is those things that are propping them along. Those things are keeping them kind of limping along in their walk with God. But these are unique days. And these are trying days. And we're not able to be with one another like we would desire to be with one another. And we're not able to have a worship service and an altar service and a fellowship time one with another like what we're used to having. And we're not able to feel the hands of support in prayer on our shoulder or somebody taking us by the hand in person as a brother or a sister in the Lord and, and to, to help us through and to, to, to get us through this trying time of our lives. And so it is times like this. It is times specifically like this this that are going to show who has their own walk with God, who has their own relationship with the Lord. And it's going to show those who are simply coasting on the strength that comes from other people who have a relationship with the Lord. Can we still serve God in this time? And not only can we serve God, but can we grow in God? Can we pursue after his presence? Can we thrive spiritually? I, I believe the Lord spoke to me in prayer the other day that it's not his will for the church and the individuals that make up the church to just survive during this time, but it is his will that we would thrive during this time. And so the question is, is how are we going to thrive? Can we thrive spiritually speaking during this time of our lives? Even when we're not able to join one with another. Even when we're not able to come to the house of the Lord and worship and, and sing one with another and feel the hands of support being laid upon our, hand, our hands or our foreheads or our shoulders, strengthening us and supporting us. Even when we don't have all of that, are we still going to be able to thrive and grow and pursue after the things of God? So that's why I said what I said in the beginning of the message today. For it is going to be times like this when everything we used to use as support has been stripped from us. And it is during this time that we're going to have to get very honest and very transparent about what our relationship with the Lord truly looks like. What does our relationship with the Lord really, really look like? Do we have a relationship with God or do we just have a relationship with God's house? 
Do we have a relationship with the Word of God for ourselves, or do we just have a relationship with the preaching of God's Word on Thursdays and Sundays? Do we have a relationship with the Lord, or do we simply have a relationship with those who have a relationship with the Lord? For with even a cursory study of Scripture, you'll find that of all the great and mighty, mightily used individuals in Scripture, they all had an altar. They all had a place of prayer. They all had a relationship with God. Individuals that went through so much more greater testing than any, anything that you and I have ever gone through more than likely. But these individuals came through on the other side, strong in the faith. Simply because they had a relationship with the Lord. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 15. And Moses built an altar. Noah, Abraham, Moses. At an altar. Second Samuel chapter 24 and verse 25. And David built there an altar unto the Lord. First Kings chapter 9 and verse 25. And three times in a year did Solomon offer burnt offerings and peace offerings upon the altar which he built unto the Lord. Speaking of Elijah, the Bible would say in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 32. And with the stones he built an altar unto the name of the Lord. Individuals who knew what it was like to go through some, some tough things. Individuals who knew what it was like to endure some dark nights. Individuals who knew what it was like to go through some trying circumstances. And their response to it all was to build a personal altar, find a place of prayer, and have a real relationship with the God of their salvation. For they knew, they knew, they had an understanding that we all need to have. And that is this. It is going to be our personal relationship with the Lord that is going to help us through these days. Hear me. Saints, please hear me. One day these bans will be lifted. One day these restrictions that are upon our state and cities and countries are going to ease. One day these days will be behind us. But it will only be those who know how to pray. It will only be those who have a real relationship with the Lord that will still be spiritually standing when this is all said and done. Because if our relationship is with the house of God and the house of God is taken from us, it's going to fall. If the only reason we're in this thing is because of what we can garner and what we can gather and the support we get from our brothers and sisters, when we cannot get with our brothers and sisters, then we're going to fall. But my friend, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Oh, hallelujah, God. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, my friend, he's going to be with us. And it doesn't matter what the government passes, and it doesn't matter what laws they, they pronounce upon us. There's no law that can ever keep us from falling on our face and begin to cry out to God of all heaven and have an interaction and a relationship and a conversation with the God of our soul. And when you have that kind of relationship, my friend, it doesn't matter what you 
face. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter if the church is there, if the church isn't there. You don't need the organ. You don't need the drums. You don't need 20 people around you laying their hands on you because you have a relationship with a God that can see you through everything. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. So from our text, we see that God desires for our homes to be a place of purity, and he desires for our homes, our lives, to be a place of prayer. I'm hurrying the final thing. But we see there that it was after he purified the temple, and it was, asked, it was after he asked for the temple to be a house of, and a place of prayer that we read this, Matthew 21 and 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. So lastly, lastly, we see that God desires for our homes to be a place of power. Purity, prayer, and power. For it is the power of God. It is the power of God that released the miraculous into the house in our text. And it is the power of God that is going to release the miraculous into your home as well and my home as well. Hear me when I tell you that the power of God has the ability, the wonderful, wonderful ability to heal everything in our homes that is not right. And to heal everything in our homes that does not measure up to the word of the Lord. For where he is, his power resides. And where his power resides, then miraculous things are supposed to happen. So if God has been welcomed into our homes, then it is his will to release his power there. And the word of the Lord would speak of his power like this in Psalms chapter 62 and verse 11. The Bible says, God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. All power belongeth unto God. Jesus himself would speak of his power that he possessed when he says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he's so powerful. Saints of God, I just want to remind you this evening, he's so powerful that he could speak a word in Genesis and create the earth and everything in it. He's so powerful that he could cause water to come out of a rock and cause the whole sea to part dike down the middle. He's so powerful that he tells the wind where to go and the wind has to listen. He tells the oceans that they can only come so far and they have to obey his power and his word. He's so powerful that lightning has to ask his permission and gets its direction from where it's going to flash in the sky. And it has to ask God for permission before it could ever go. The sun rises in the east and it sets in the west because it is obeying the command that an all-powerful God spoke into existence. And that same power resides and desires to be released in the, into our homes and into our marriages, and into our families, and into our relationships, and into our finances, and everything that would encapsulate our home. But I need for you to see 
this very, very important thing as I'm coming to a close. He first instructed purity. Then he instructs prayer. And then he says that will release the power. Which aligns itself perfectly with another passage of Scripture. The word of the Lord says in James chapter 5 and verse 16, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. Now watch. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice, notice with the text. Think with me now. You first find righteousness or purity. And then you find prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. He was first righteous and then he prayed. And that righteous man, that pure individual that then went from his purity to a place of prayer, then that prayer produces much. Or it is a powerful prayer. So we see that if we'll be obedient to God's request for purity, And if we'll pursue after a relationship with the Lord through prayer and his word like we've never pursued after a relationship with him before, then we can be put in a place where we can have an assurance in our spirit that our prayer will release the power of God into our homes. Into our homes. And the power of God that will be released from an individual that is righteous and in an individual that has a relationship with God, that power that will be released into our homes can change everything that needs changing. I don't know what your home looks like. I don't know how dark it is. I don't know the, the, how messed up it is. I don't know the, the division that is there in your home. I don't know necessarily what all of you are dealing with in your home, but what I'm trying to tell you from the word of the Lord tonight is this. If we'll walk in purity... And if we'll have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we pray, our prayers can produce great things in our homes. Heal everything that's broken. His power can come to our home and and it has the ability to come against every outside influence that has been sent from hell to destroy your home. My God has the power to change the attitude of your child that is negative against the things of God and the house of God and the word of God. It has the power to change the financial issue that's causing so much fighting in your home. He has the power to open up another door so as to release the stress in your home that's being brought about by your current job or your current condition. He has the power to heal the hurts of past indiscretions by a spouse that you just can't seem to forgive. The power of God can heal that. Bring it back together again. Bring a wholeness and a togetherness back together again. He has the power to eradicate every attack of the enemy, every lie of the enemy, and every person in your home that is believing those lies. The power of a living God, the power of the Almighty God has the ability to do away with all that is wrong and bring harmony back to your home, and it will happen when we walk in purity and have a relationship with the Lord through prayer, it will release the power of God in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so I want us to pray right now. I'm going to pray with you for a short time, and then the feed is going to shut off, and I'm just going to encourage you to continue to pray right there in your living rooms. 
Find a place to pray. Get on your knees. Get on your face. Grab a family member, whatever you need to do, whatever direction the Holy Ghost is leading. I would just encourage you. Don't just shut off the video and go on with the rest of your evening. I want you to make this time a time of prayer as we would up around an altar at this time. I feel the presence of the Lord even as I preach this right now. We need to pray. Right there in their home, let's pray. Let's pray for purity. Let us pray for purity of our minds and purity of our hearts. Let's pray for purity in our homes. Let's ask God to show us everything that is impure, every bit of unrighteousness that is within us. Let's just pray and ask God to show us and reveal to us. And then let's pray for that confidence and that that attitude that Jesus had when he went into the temple and he kicked everything out that wasn't there. And then let's pray that every door that we've opened up and allowed the enemy back in, let's pray in the name of Jesus that those doors to be shut by the power of the Holy Ghost. And then let's pray for a greater relationship with Jesus Christ than what we've ever had before. Let's pray for a willingness and a desire to get up earlier, do whatever we have to do to make sure we're talking to the Lord, that we're praying with the Lord, that we're getting into the word of the Lord, and that we're studying this book, and that we're understanding what it says and how it is applicable to your life and to my life. And then let's pray. Let's pray for the power of God's presence to be released into every part of our home, for his power to be released in our marriages, in our families, and in our kids. Whatever area of our life is not measuring up to the word of the Lord, let us pray from a place of purity and a place of prayer and relationship with God. Let us pray for power to rest and fall and flourish in that place that is not measuring up to the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you right now. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit, oh God. We thank you, Lord God. I want to be pure in all things. I want to be righteous in all things, God. I pray you search my heart, creating me a clean heart, oh God. Renewing me a right spirit, oh Lord. I want to be pure and holy and acceptable in your sight. And God, I want a relationship with you like never before, God. I want to talk with you like never before. I want a relationship with your word like I've never had before, oh God. I want to know you greater. I want to know you greater. I want to know you greater. And God, I pray for your power to be released in my own home. In every area of my home that is not measuring up to your word. Every area of my home that is not measuring up to your purpose and what you said and say that it should be or that it could be. I pray right now your power to be released into that part of my home because God I want to walk in the fullness of my blessings. I want to walk and I want my family to walk in the fullness of blessings that you have promised to us in your word. Come on church that's it. Let's just keep praying. We're going to go ahead and shut off the feed in here in just a moment. We're going to have some music that is going to play and as this music plays just continue to worship the Lord. Continue to pray. Continue to allow the presence of Almighty God into your life and into your home. Lay your hand on a family member. Lay your hand on your kids. Lay your hand on your spouse. Whatever you got to do, God wants to release his power into our homes right now. I love all of you. God bless you as you continue to pray. Oh, thank